Welcome to Interim's first ever podcast, Navigating the Mental Health System. Explore a broad variety of topics of interest to people living with mental health challenges. Hi, my name is Barbara Mitchell. I'm the Executive Director of Interim Inc., a nonprofit agency based in Monterey County, California. For over 45 years, Interim has been providing housing, healing, and hope for adults living with mental illness. We provide a wide range of services, including affordable supportive housing, residential treatment, dual recovery services, and outreach and intensive services for homeless adults with serious mental illness. Our main goal is to help individuals living with mental illness to establish satisfying, productive lives in the community and to achieve wellness and recovery. Today, we're honored to welcome Frank Warren on our agency's maiden journey into podcasting. On May 11th, from 5.30 to 6.30, Interim will be hosting a free Zoom webinar with Frank, creator of the Post Secret Project. This is in recognition of Mental Health Awareness Month, which is observed in May each year. Warren introduced the world to a collection of highly personal and artfully decorated postcards mailed anonymously to him from around the world. What started as a community mail art project exploded in popularity. Since Post Secret's inception in 2004, Warren has received over 1 million anonymous secrets on homemade postcards. His project has raised over $1 million for suicide prevention and earned him the Mental Health Advocacy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2011, and also an invitation to the White House in 2013. Post Secrets website is the most visited advertisement-free blog in the world and has won seven Webby Awards for best blog on the internet. With over 2,500,000 views, his TED Talk is one of the most watched in the popular series. All six post-secret books published have been featured on the New York Times bestsellers list, with post-secret Confessions on Life, Death, and God reaching number one. Post-secret postcards have been exhibited in New York's Museum of Modern Art, the Smithsonian National Postal Museum, and the Visionary Art Museum in Maryland. And there is an album and a play based on the project. So Frank, welcome to our first ever podcast. We can't wait to hear your talk on May 11th, but we're really pleased to share a little pre-show information with our audience today. We have a few questions for you, but feel free to cut me off at any moment or tell me I'm diving in too deep. So first, if you can tell me a little bit about Post Secrets and what inspired you to create this project. Sure. Post Secret is a project I started about 17 years ago. Long time. I printed up 3,000 self-addressed postcards, inviting strangers to write down a secret they'd never shared before, decorate the postcard, and mail it to my home anonymously. And I handed these out at subway stations. I hid them between the pages of books that used bookshops, allowed people to discover them serendipitously. I had no idea what would happen, but slowly secrets began to find their way to my mailbox. It was just a slow trickle at first, maybe one or two every day. 
But as they arrived, I would read them, appreciate them, scan them, and post them on the web. And I posted them every Sunday. I called it the Sunday Secrets. You can still see it at postsecret.com. And that first Sunday, I had maybe 100 visitors to the website. The Sunday after that, 1,000. The Sunday after that, 100,000. The idea began to spread virally across the country, around the world. People began to buy their own postcards and make their own postcards. So they were coming with postmarks, not just from within the US, you know, California, Arizona, Texas, Missouri, but they started coming from New Zealand and Ireland and China and France. And it was then I realized I had tapped into something maybe that had been there the whole time uh, that created all this, this mystery and wonder for me. And I don't know if the secrets will ever stop. Well, what city did you start this in where I, I want to make sure I you know, go to those bookstores and see if there's any post? <laughs> I was living in Germantown, Maryland, and I went to the metro stations in Washington, D.C., and I would take a postcard and walk up to strangers and say, hi, my name's Frank, and I collect secrets, and I'd extend my arm, and I never knew what was going to happen. Some people ignored me. Some people took a handful of postcards. Some people said, I don't have any secrets but I always made sure they took a postcard because I believe they've got the best ones. That's amazing. So you volunteered in college as a suicide prevention hotline operator. Um, can you talk about how your initial experience as a volunteer seeded your idea for this project later in life? By the way, I worked on a crisis hotline too at a hospital um, as a little bit of a kind of interim, interim job here for me. <laughs> what a significant question to receive today because I feel like that experience has come around full circle. I just got off the phone, well, actually a Zoom call earlier today, sharing appreciation with the volunteers on the hotline I had volunteered for about 20 years ago. And then before that, I volunteered, as you mentioned, at a suicide prevention hotline when I was in college. And really in college, I felt like that, that hotline, that experience, that camaraderie uh, helped me as much as I was helping anybody who was calling the number. And at the same time, I felt like those conversations we were having, those, those intimate back and forth at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., hearing people's secrets uh, kind of laid the groundwork for the understanding of people having these confessions and rich interior lives and sometimes no place to let it out which kind of was a founding principle of post-secret. And then later on in life in Germantown, Maryland, I volunteered again and uh, went through the training. And, and as you know, if you've been through it and you mentioned that you had, we did a lot of role-playing back and forth. We have to uh, make sure our voice had a tone that was non-judgmental and expressed empathy. And I trained my voice to have that sound. And I feel like I still use that voice when I do live post-secret events. I fall into that same supportive, compassionate voice. So at the, at the live event, if, if you hear me speaking a certain way, it might be able to be traced back to my crisis hotline training and such an important part of my life. Um, you didn't really start out, it seems like, with updates on a website or exhibiting in a museum. Can you talk about the project's early days and how it evolved? Yeah, it started as an art project uh, at a non-juried exhibit in Washington, D.C. called Artomatic, where they would post and exhibit anybody's artwork 
uh, you just had to submit it. And I was not an artist. I was a small businessman at the time, but this sounded like an intriguing idea. So I created this project. The postcards came in and I was hanging them up in the exhibit, the gallery space as they arrived. And I remember two things from that experience. One was one of the very first things that happened when I posted the postcards on the line is that some people wrote on the postcards. Um, about a week into the project, I noticed somebody had written a handwritten note on this postcard. The secret itself said, I'm a white guy, but I like black girls. And some anonymous stranger had written on the card, that's okay. And in so many ways, I see that same sort of call and response, that same sort of compassionate reaction to the secrets again and again. You know, people are courageous enough to open up their hearts and be vulnerable. And oftentimes our first reaction is, oh, you're not alone. I've been there too. Here's my experience. We're all in this together. And for me, that's been one of the beauties of Post Secret is the community that's arisen around this idiosyncratic art project. So at what point did you use the success of this project as a springboard for advocacy and suicide prevention and doing advocacy and both fundraising? Did you, you know, was just just a happy um, consequence or did you plan this at all? Well, when the project caught fire and began to get a lot of attention, uh, the Post Secret blog is the most visited advertisement-free blog in the world with over 800 million hits. Um, I knew I could do something meaningful with that, you know. Um, for a second, I thought about monetizing it, putting ads and commercials on it. That idea quickly passed. There's never been an advertisement on the Post Secret blog. I've never wanted to be seen as monetizing people's secrets. That was not the intent, and it never has been for 17 years. But at the same time, I did want to, you know, use the energy, the community, the reach of Post Secret to be more meaningful or purposeful than it, than it might've been otherwise. And so, yeah, I reached out to the founder of Hopeline, Reese Butler, and uh, have been working with him ever since, uh, promoting the hotline, uh, generating new volunteers, uh, telling the story of crisis hotline operators. Uh, in, in total, the Post Secret community has raised over a million dollars uh, for suicide prevention. And when Hopeline was in a moment of need, Reese, Reese Butler reached out. And I, I posted a, a message on the Post Secret blog. Uh, in a week, we raised over $60,000 and were there uh, for the Hopeline that I had volunteered for um, at their greatest moment of need. And, and Reese and I are still good friends and I still do what I can to support uh, his brilliant cause, I'm Alive and Hopeline. So do you see common themes in the postcards that you receive? For sure. Um, lately, I've seen a lot of secrets about the pandemic, struggles about going into the pandemic and struggles about coming out of the pandemic. But it's not just the struggles either. It's also the successes, the small little wins that sometimes can come along or be found with all the grief and the loss and also strategies people have learned about how to deal with uh, the pandemic, with quarantine, with uh, the different behaviors that we've had to get comfortable with. Even like me, you know, coming out of the pandemic and becoming social again, there's uh, strategies for that as well. I'll try and share some of those at the live event. So do you ever get um, postcards that 
have troubling information on them and that you're worried that the person might be in danger of hurting themselves or someone else? Yes. Um, when you open up your home to the world's secrets, you got to be prepared for all kinds. And I've received a ton, literally a million postcards with confessions. And they're not all happy. Um, you know, sometimes the good news in our lives, we're quick to share on Instagram and Facebook, but it's those heavy, burdensome stories, confessions that we keep private and sometimes have trouble expressing and getting out. But I, I see them on the postcards. Um, secrets about anxiety, secrets about depression, uh, eating disorders, um, self-harm, imposter syndrome. So many times young people think they're struggling with those feelings in isolation by themselves. They don't even have a word for it. Um, and my hope is that through Post Secret, not only do they realize that they're not alone through the community support and other people's secrets, but they realize there's always hope and help available to them. That's kind of a, a message I wish I had known when I was young and in high school and in college and sometimes felt alone and without a purpose. So in some ways it gives me great gratification to work and be a part of this project that is the message I wish I had heard when I was growing up. So what do you think are most common fears about our secrets? I think the fear is that because of some part of our life, whether it's a behavior, feeling, the way we've been treated, uh, it separates us from others. It makes us different. It makes us less than. It makes us unworthy. And then that burden itself traps us. It makes us feel like others wouldn't understand if we told them our truth, or they would judge us or humiliate us. And then that further makes us feel like nobody else would understand. It becomes part of this vicious cycle. But if there's a way we can break out of it, somehow find the courage to maybe not tell somebody our secret, but write it on a postcard anonymously and let it go, that can be a first step in letting go of that part of our past that might have been holding on to us. And once we do that, I feel like it, it can become contagious. It can encourage others. It can create this cascade of sharing uh, that's a celebration of our stories, our secrets, and our humanity. Are there ways that you try and connect people who send the, the secrets to you um, to resources in their community? You don't know who these people are who are sending them to you. So um, are there ways that you might respond to them in some way? We used to have a link to a directory of, uh, in fact, it was the most comprehensive directory of suicide prevention hotlines and text lines in the world, but uh, that we don't have that anymore and I haven't replaced it yet. So I'm glad you're asking me this question because I'm gonna use it to motivate me to create something to take the place of what we had on the web. Because I think it is important that when you have secrets and stories of people opening up and sharing their truth, to let them and others know um, there are easily accessible resources, um, people willing to help, strategies, best practices uh, to get through all these challenges. I've certainly relied upon them. And so that's an important part of this conversation. So thank you for sharing that. I can see that you have an easier time dealing with difficult secrets than I did when I worked on a 
there was a phone crisis line for a hospital. I was very troubled by people who would call and tell me they were going to commit suicide and then hang up the phone. Mm. And I would spend many sleepless nights wondering kind of what happened to those people and trying to trace them and um, different aspects of that. I felt like I couldn't let it go. Is there a way that you can, that you personally or whoever reads these can let these go? I mean, is there a specific process that you do so that it, that you let go of people's secrets so they don't burden you? Yeah, I certainly understand the importance of boundaries for all of us, especially when you're a caring professional helping others with their burdens. Um, you know, I think there's multiple ways that I've been able to get through this. Uh, it has been challenging at times, for sure. Um, I, I had a bit of a traumatic childhood when I was younger. So I feel like, ironically enough, that experience allows me to read other people's secrets and struggles in a way where I can focus on the empowerment they may find by letting it out, by letting it go in a safe way. Um, I wish I had had a place like that when I was younger. And so that is a positive experience for me. In other ways, though, I have had to come up with strategies and self-care to become the person who can do this every day. Uh, I often say my wife is medicine. She helps me through this process. And the other big thing, surprisingly enough, is uh, endurance exercise. So for example, I rode uh, my bike hard outside in 95 degree weather for 20 miles. Uh, after this Zoom call, I'm going to go to the health club and swim for a mile. I feel like when I exercise hard afterwards, I'm so exhausted, so fatigued, I can't hold that tension or anxiety, even if I wanted to. And at my age, it releases some good chemicals in my brain. And so I'm happy with that. That's a great inspiration. So. I understand that you didn't start out to do this, that you actually had another business that you left um, and took on this cause to pursue this project. So um, can you tell me kind of the impact of changing your life from one business to a completely different field? What did you do before? I was an information broker. I had worked my way through Berkeley as a document delivery specialist, I would go to the dozens of libraries on campus and copy journal articles for scientists who are doing research. And I got a degree in social science as I was doing that work. Uh, and when I graduated, it was easier for me to start a business doing what I had done to work my way through school than what I had studied. So I uh, moved to Washington, DC and uh, set up shop at the biggest information sources in the world, the Library of Congress, the National Library of Medicine, the U.S. Patent Office. And I uh, supplied information to law firms and pharmaceutical companies uh, for 20 years. And so when PostSecret came into my life, I was at a place, thankfully, where financially I was pretty solid. So I didn't have to make decisions for PostSecret based upon what my own financial needs were. Um, if, if I had started earlier, I might have put those ads on the website or done other things that weren't in the best interest of the project. But I was a good place. I was in a good place then. But I'll tell you, it was very difficult and challenging to change my role from entrepreneur to this weirdo who collects other people's secrets. You know, that's how my mom saw me. My wife didn't understand. 
Um, so it was, it was tough to become the post-secret guy just in terms of taking on that role and that identity. And then two or three years later, selling the business to the employees who were doing much of the work so I could focus full time on this. What kind of career is post-secret? I don't even know yet. So there's a lot of um, embracing of this, this creative path that I'm still in the middle of. But maybe it's not supposed to be easy. Maybe it's not supposed to be comfortable. Well, I'm a UC Berkeley graduate too. And so I can understand how you can take a different path once you graduate from UC Berkeley. And I admire that you have found a path that's a little bit different and that is so rewarding. So uh, just a couple more questions. Are there any secrets that created an organic response from the public that surprised and inspired you? Yeah, for sure. I remember one I got on a postcard. It, it was a picture of the world. And the secret said, I'm an immigrant in the US and I feel like I don't have any place to fit in. I want to jump off this bridge. And it was the Golden Gate Bridge on top of that world image. I posted that on the web. And almost immediately, people really responded to it. A lot of positive comments and thoughts. Somebody created a Facebook page called Please Don't Jump. And within a week, over 60,000 people joined that page, all posting positive messages to this person and other people who might be considering the same thing. Because of that postcard, it created a movement where Reese Butler and several bands had a charity event in Chrissy Fields in San Francisco, uh, sparked by that secret. And in fact, uh, the councilman of San Francisco came to the event and had a proclamation uh, for please don't jump day in San Francisco based upon the movement that had spontaneously come out of responding to that very concerning postcard from an individual. That's an amazing story and an amazing response. And I know we have actually had a speaker from, um, active minds about suicide prevention and stories of the Golden Gate Bridge and how, um, how that has impacted them. So I, I'm amazed by that story. So can you tell us a little bit about what participants can expect during your webinar on May 11th? Yeah, I'll be sharing the most extraordinary secrets and stories from the website. Um, I've got a few right in front of me here. So these are postcards that have great works of art on them created by the people who sent them to me. This one has a drawing of looks like an elevator. And the secret says, I feel guilty when I take elef elevators for one floor, so I limp when I get out. Here's another one. Um, I wish I could show these to you. I'll show them to you during the web event. Go ahead. Maybe I'll try that technique in the future. Limping. <laughs> This one is a couple under a tree with the secret. I didn't enlist to escape you. I enlisted to pay for our wedding. Will you marry me? Here's one from a, a veterinarian who writes, I work as a veterinarian. When euthanizing a pet, we give you the option of staying in the room with them or leaving. Always stay. They look for you once you're gone. So you can feel kind of the breadth of emotion these postcards can touch on. This one is on a postcard that has some flowers, says BFF. When my husband cheated on me, my best friend told me if I was meeting all his needs, he wouldn't be cheating on me. After my divorce, I had sex with her husband. 
Oh, so sometimes that... there's a little vengefulness in the, in, the, in the secrets for sure, the rest of the story. And finally, this one reads, I constantly reach out to check everyone's okay, not just because I care, but because I'm afraid no one will think to check on me. The ones you think are strong are struggling too. Well, I can't wait to hear the rest of them. I, I've been looking at things on your website and looking at Facebook, and um, I know this is going to be a wonderful event. So lastly, if you could respond to your secret senders, what's the most important message you would want someone to know who might be in pain or who might feel alone? Hmm. Well, I think all of us have been there at one point or another. You're not alone with those feelings for sure. Others can relate. Others have been in similar circumstances. And sometimes the secrets we keep aren't the true burden itself. The burden is actually the stigma, the shame that we feel because of this part of ourselves that we're hiding from. You know, those things can make you hide your life, you know, can take away that one opportunity you have to live out loud and be your true and whole and full self. There are no stakes higher than that. And I think that's one of the beauties of Post Secret is how it shares this message of living your life in this very brief time when we have the opportunity and not keep our, our light hidden. Well, Frank, thank you so much for talking to me. And unless you wanna add anything else, we're gonna look forward to our online event on May 11th. Um, if you wanna register for Frank's free online webinar, Post Secrets, please visit www.interiminc.org. Frank, thank you again. I look forward to meeting you in person someday as well and uh, to being at a live event as well. Barbara, it's been great talking with you. I can't wait for this event. Go Bears. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to follow Interim on Facebook or Twitter, visit www.facebook.com forward slash Interim Inc. That's I-N-T-E-R-I-M-I-N-C or twitter.com forward slash interim inc. You can also visit Frank's Post Secret Project at postsecret.com. Postcards are updated weekly on Sundays. Finally, I'd like to remind you that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. This national health observance was started in 1949 by Mental Health America. Mental Health Awareness Month is a time for us all to raise awareness around mental health issues. This year, Mental Health America 2022 theme is Back to Basics. The goal is to provide foundational knowledge about mental health and mental health conditions and information about what people can do if their mental health is a cause of concern. To learn more, you can visit Mental Health America's website at www mhanational.org. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed Interim's podcast, Navigating the Mental Health System. 